Hey Relapsers and welcome back to DVD Relapse where we review the movies and the special features the DVD offers. I'm your host Yvette Holmes and happy holidays everybody. This is our family slash Christmas episode since after Thanksgiving was crazy and I didn't get to post anything. So we're going to do a double feature and it is Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 on Blu-ray. So let's get started because we have a lot to pack in here. So here's some need to know. The Fantasia film was released November 13th, 1940 and obviously it was produced by Disney. It was unable to turn a profit because of something called Fantasound. Um, Fantasound is a type kind of at the time like a digital sound system for the film. It was more expensive than the actual movie and because of the fact that they had to put them in the theaters, the price skyrocketed so that ended up hurting Walt Disney and this was actually considered a flop. But lo and behold it's a classic. Um, They ended up releasing Fantasia seven more times in the theater. In 1969 that's when they actually started to make money off of Fantasia because they changed the poster and it was like a psychedelic poster uh, to attract a quote new demographic. Basically it was popular with all the people experimenting with LSD and weed and whatever. They were tripping out. (laughs) I mean can you imagine a Disney film and you're tripping out? Anyway, despite the fact that Fantasia won two Oscars in 1941 for Best Animation, it took them so long to actually make money off of it. In 1969, Disney actually had to remove a sunflower character that was uh, actually a racial stereotype depicting an African-American person. Um, So let's move on to the cast so to speak. When it comes to Fantasia, the cast is really the music and the animation. So there are eight pieces all together. Takata and Fugue, Sorcerer's Apprentice, the most famous one, The Dance of the Hours, um, Ave Maria, Nutcracker, I think I'm missing one. No, I'm missing two. Oh, Overture and March, and the last one was The Rite of Spring. That's not in the order that is shown, by the way. The director and writers of Fantasia was actually one giant big collaboration. I mean, can you imagine if one person was directing this whole thing? No. It's eight separate pieces. You would think that there would be eight different directors, but there's actually about ten directors total working on Fantasia. And they all handle different parts of the eight stories, so it's basically one giant high school project and... I wonder who were the slackers. (laughs) Who were the guys that ended up having to do most of the work, you know what I mean? It's always one in a group, you know. I was always that person that ended up doing everything, but... (laughs) Moving on. The story direction and development had about 20 people working on it, even though there was only 8 stories, but once again, needed a good amount of hands to work on stuff like this. I gave Fantasia a 4 out of 5. I would have given it a three because it's one of those things that compared to nowadays, it's kind of, I mean, it's a classic. That's why I gave it a higher, uh, added like a bonus point, so to speak. But at the same time, there are two pieces that are just boring. There's one with the dinosaurs 
Um, if anyone, go out and rent it if you rent it and you know what I'm talking about. But there's a, a piece with the dinosaurs that was just boring. And I never really liked it, not even when I was a kid. And then there was another piece with, uh, at the end, and I can't remember what it's called. I think it's the... I, I can't remember. Anyway, it was the one with like Satan's dance at the end or what have you and has that big gargoyle and all the ghosts and skeletons and stuff like that. That's just scary for kids. Like, holy crap. But, you know, old classic Disney movies had that scare factor and the lessons to be learned. I mean, I used to be scared crapless of Snow White. Uh, what was it? The... The old lady in Snow White and um, definitely Ursula and Little Mermaid. I know that's kind of like, you know, 30s and then Little Mermaid was 90s, but they still had that, oh my gosh, I'm a child, I'm freaking out factor. <laughs> so that's my explanation for the rating. But yeah, four out of five, definitely. You have to give it its credit because it is a classic. This is, the writing was great. The, it had basic storytelling that helped established Disney and um, the concept of Fantasia was something never seen before so you have to keep that in consideration when you watch old films even despite the fact that it's a cartoon and it's Disney. The actual concept of Fantasia started after Snow White was um, finished so once Snow White was out there they already were brainstorming for something like this. I don't believe they called it Fantasia at the, in the beginning but they knew what they were looking for, so to speak. Um, Disney wanted to show off Mickey Mouse because in the late 30s, he was Mickey was not very popular. The most popular Disney character was Donald Duck. I didn't know that. I mean, I thought Mickey was like awesome from the time Disney had created him. But apparently, Donald Duck was the one who was getting all the laughs and getting all the kids. So this was Disney's spotlight on Mickey Mouse, so that's why he put him in Sorcerer's Apprentice, which worked because Mickey is, you know, you think of him. Even when you go to Disney World, they have Fantas- or what was it? I think it's Fantasmic, and I saw it once, and it was so cool. Like, you see Mickey with the hat and, you know, doing all of this, and you see all the array of characters and villains and... It's really cool. So if you ever go to Disney World, you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen, it's, I think it's called Fantasmic, but it's pretty awesome. Anyway, moving on. The special features to the DVD includes a Disney Family Museum, some type of notebook, uh, a Disney treasure, interactive art gallery, and storybo uh, storyboards. And then when you go into play the movie, it has the original 4-3 presentation, Disney View, and then they have information about what Disney View is. I was very disappointed in Disney View. I thought it would be something super cool. No, it was just this, what was it? It was like, instead of the there being black borders because it was not, it's not originally in widescreen, instead of having the black borders on the side, they filled it in with like these paintings or whatever. I thought it was more distracting because, you know, when there's black crap on the sides, you don't really pay attention to it because there's nothing there. 
and you're focused in on the story. Well, there's these panels with just these paintings on the side. And I was like, that's kind of lame. I mean, I thought it would be like Disney View. I don't know where you could find it in Disney World or if there's any character. I don't know. Something cool, maybe. I think I really thought it was something that was supposed to be interactive for kids. Because this is the one of the grown-up um, Disney films when it comes to the fact that it's basically a silent movie. Yeah, I was just a little disappointed about that. Anyway, the audio commentary was jam-packed. They have a Disney historian. Um, they give original interviews and story no- note recreations by Walt Disney, which was really cool. Um, original... DVD commentary with Roy Disney and James Levine producers and things like that. James Levine was the is the director of the music that directs the music in Fantasia 2000. Um, the only thing that bothers me when I was watching it is the fact that old movies are not in widescreen formatting and it's kind of irritating because I always readjust the screen so I won't get those black panels on the side. But by the time I did that, I was like at the end of the movie, so it didn't really matter. That was always something that always seems to bother me when it comes to watching old movies. So I gave the movie a rating uh, 4 out of 5 because it's a classic. And then the special features rating was actually a 4 out of 5 also because it's just so jam-packed. It's, I mean, completely... I mean, if you want the stuffing and the turkey, you definitely got it. Wow, I really don't know where that terminology came from. Pardon that weirdness for a second. Anyway, so did the special features enhance my viewing of Fantasia? And I would absolutely say yes. The commentary makes the film interesting and educational. The the Fantasias across the board is interesting to kids. I dare you guys to, like, if you're babysitting or if you have kids yourself or if you have little siblings or cousins, put this in and look at their reactions when they watch this stuff. Maybe not the last one because it's kind of scary and you... And, Go with your gut with that one because, you know, ghouls and ghosts and it's a little creepy. But look at their faces. It's it's magical, that's for sure. That's one reason why I just had to review this, especially when it came out of the vault. I was like, I have to do Fantasia and Fantasia 2000. It's one of those that makes a child's face light up and I love that. So you can absolutely relapse with this. Watch it over and over enjoy it with the family. See, what my mom used to do, she would put like movies like this in when she would be cooking and I needed to sit still quietly or something when I was small. So I would just be watching this engrossed because this is a pretty long feature compared to most Disney movies. So definitely watch this. Okay, now moving on to Fantasia 2000 on Blu-ray as well. And um, let's see, it was released December 17th, 1999. And it was actually a sequel to Fantasia, uh, the first Fantasia, the one from 1940. The reason why it's a sequel is because the animators actually always wanted to make sequels. Um, Disney's concept for Fantasia was that they were going to release some periodically, maybe like every couple of years, every five years or something like that. Um, And it just never really happened because of how Fantasia was received in the public, so to speak, because it was a flop. 
but I'm glad that they re-released, or not re-released, but I'm glad that they made Fantasia 2000. By far one of my favorites. I mean, you can't really compare, but you know what I mean. Anyway, compared to Fantasound, Fantasia 2000 was released with IMAX sound system. So once again, Disney decided to be groundbreaking and make sure that hey, here's a new sound system and formatting, you guys need to get with it because Disney's a force and they could do that now. Worldwide, um, Fantasia 2000 was extremely well received. I remember seeing this in the movie theater when I was young. And um, they, worldwide, they made 90 million dollars and they had a budget of 80 million. Not too bad. But they really made their money back when it went to VHS if you guys know what VHS is, it's that little, you know, black box, you know, with the tape. <laughs> Since, you know, everything's DVD nowadays and Blu-ray, but I still have my VHSs. Oh yeah, old school. But yeah, so they definitely made their money back. It was a huge success. Definitely revamped um, audiences and got audiences to really appreciate Fantasia, the original one. Like I said, there's no real cast, but... The highlights of the music and animation include Symphony No. 5, Pains of Rome, Rhapsody in Blue, The Steadfast Tin Soldier, um, Carnival of Animals, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Pomp and Circumstances, not Circumstances, Pomp and Circumstance, I always say that wrong, and Firebird Suite. Now, I got this soundtrack. I love this soundtrack. Classics, I mean... You gotta listen to everything, that's just me. But I'm also a band geek, so what can I say? Anyway, moving on to directors and writers. Um, like I said, there was a team for the last Fantasia, and there was also a team for this Fantasia. But it was about, it was, you know, a little more well-managed because of the fact that, you know, it's the 90s, not the 30s, and you need 20 people drawing it by hand, and we're going into the digital world, because 99, let's see, Lion King had already come out, Beauty and the Beast, and I think they were working on um, Toy Story by now, or was Toy Story out already? I can't remember. But they had only eight directors for each pieces, which is not too shabby compared to, you know, 12 and 10 directors for a piece compared to the last um, Fantasia. Story and Story direction and development had about... 10 people working on it. A lot of the directors actually wrote their own, uh, wrote the story for the piece that they were working on already, so they had that in hand. A lot of these concepts are already created when uh, these animators get going. Like once they're done with the project, they have an idea for something else and they just start drawing or they write it down to make sure when the opportunity comes they can have it ready. That's basically why um, they wanted to do another Fantasia because a lot of the classic artists, the, the old school artists of Disney, had a lot of art ready but they never got the opportunity to have another Fantasia to work on. I gave this movie um, a 4 out of 5, not because it's a classic. It could be considered a classic because it's Disney, but the reason why I gave it a high rating. There was no like bonus point for being a classic, so that's why. But I gave it a 4 out of 5 because of the fact that it was synchronized a lot better than the first one. And you can definitely see how we came such a long way from um, 
the original Fantasia. Also, I was trying to imagine myself as a kid and would I be entertained by every single story that they were telling. And hands down, kids would be more interested, most likely, in watching this Fantasia than the older Fantasia. Now, we do have two cameos in this Fantasia. We have Mickey Mouse, of course, in Sorcerer's Apprentice, and we have Donald Duck, the one who was popular, who's still Mickey's popularity in the 30s, but um, we have Donald Duck and Daisy Duck in Pomp and Circumstance, and it's a really nice piece. Um, that was enjoyable. This one is not as scary. You can put this one in and walk out of the room and have your kids watch it without them being super scared. This is, it's, it's beautiful. It's, you can tell that we were going into a digital age, but it was still a flat, some of the pieces were still a two-dimensional flat drawing, which was kind of nice and refreshing because, you know, how many kids know what a flat drawing looks like nowadays? I mean, Disney doesn't even show most of this stuff anymore which is really sad. Yeah, the basic storytelling that helped establish Disney was used again for Fantasia 2000. So the special features included on Fantasia 2000 was Dolly and Disney, A Date with Destino. Um, that was about an hour and 22 minutes. It was pretty interesting. It was like a small little documentary. Then we had Disney's Virtual Vault, audio commentaries, with Roy Disney, um, the conductor, James Levy, producer, um, was also talking. Then we had original commentary from when the film was first released uh, with the director and art direction directors of um, speaking for, for that part. So that kind of gave you an insight into the artist's brain. But then there was a new feature a new portion of Fantasia that they wanted to include, so they just made it a short, and it's called Destino. It was by Salvador Dali, you know, the painter. Apparently Salvador Dali and Walt Disney collaborated together when Disney went down to South America. That was very interesting to watch. Um, it's probably going to be one of those to watch again. I wouldn't show it to your kids. It's kind of I would find I think children would get bored of this, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. It was kind of weird. The music was really pretty. I really did enjoy listening to the music that was played with the animation, but the animation itself was totally out there. But then again, Salvador Dali was out there. He's the one who did the paintings with the clocks melting. That's his stuff. So you can imagine all the modern type of things thrown in there as well, but I don't know. I felt like the story was lost on me. It was probably because I was watching it a little late at night, but maybe I think I probably need to give it a shot again. Well, see, let me explain myself. I have a rule when it comes to watching or listening to things, especially when it comes to films. And especially when it's um, something that I usually wouldn't pick myself to watch, I always give it a three strike rule. I mean, you gotta, the first time sometimes, I mean, when you watch a movie, it depends on your mood. Second time, I don't know, you might be forcing yourself, but you don't wanna do, watch it like three times back to back. You need, it's kinda like a bottle of wine, you gotta let it breathe. 
I think I've said this before, but yeah, just go with me. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna have to give it that three strike rule. Um, they also have something in the bonus features or the special features. Segment Musicana. It's the history of how Fantasia 2000 came about and other films that were mixed in. Um, um, it was about nine minutes long. It was pretty interesting. Um, they talk about the artists and, you know, behind the scenes of how the artists from Fantasia, from the original Fantasia of 1940 were legends and kept thinking about how to make it better. So it was pretty interesting. I even, I think kids would enjoy that. Well, let's see, the cons would pretty much be the fact that I just didn't like that Destino thing. The only thing that bothers me about Fantasia 2000 special features is the fact that Destino didn't really, it was just kind of weird to me. But like I said, I'm probably gonna have to try that again. So my bias means nothing. <laughs> don't, don't listen to me when it comes to that part. But listen to the rest, right? I did give this movie a four out of five. I'm gonna give the special features a four out of five as well. They really jam-packed this Blu-ray with as much as they could. And you can relapse with uh, Fantasia 2000. It is a really, really entertaining way just to see how your kids react to this kind of brilliance of movie magic, so to speak. I mean, it's just so interesting. I really think your children would like it. Siblings, whatever, any little kid, even the little kid inside you. You really get lost in the music. Try it, I guarantee you'll like it. Also, I wanted to talk about the Blu-ray itself. It is pretty pricey, but it's worth it. You're basically paying 10 bucks for four DVDs, because it is a four DVD special. You get both Blu-rays from Fantasia and Fantasia 2000, and both regular DVDs of Fantasia and Fantasia 2000. So a lot of these, you know, DVDs nowadays are just jam-packed with content. There is no digital copy. They didn't give you one of those, but Having the standard edition Blu-rays are just as good because of the fact that you can travel with them and show them in other people's houses without worrying about the fact if they have a Blu-ray player. And the Blu-ray DVDs are just really interactive. Their menus were really cool and that was enjoyable. You'll have kids just playing with the menu. I thoroughly enjoyed Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 and this composition playing behind uh, in the background is one of my favorites from Fantasia 2000. For this episode, I would totally love you guys if you would write to me at my email, dvdrelapse at gmail.com and tell me what your tradition is when it comes to watching a movie, TV special, or tradition. It has to involve movies, but just email me and tell me what your uh, tradition is regarding to that and we'll swap stories and I'll try and read your emails on the next episode. So that email again is dvdrelapse at gmail.com and don't be a stranger. I'm friendly. You know. You've been listening. So <laughs> I'll see you guys next episode and I can't wait to see what you guys watch during Christmas or Christmas Eve. Until next time... I'm Yvette Holmes, and this is DVD Relapse.